WCLS in Whatcom County presents Library Stories, a podcast to open your eyes to all the ways your local public libraries matter. Join us as we reveal the power of sharing at the library. I'm your host, Neil McKay, Online Experience Coordinator for the Whatcom County Library System. And today... Hi, Mary. Hi, Neil. Well, March has been a busy month, hasn't it? We ended our Whatcom Reads session with five author events and four of them were in person. Yeah, you know, that was really amazing. And to see people come out, for some people, it was the first um, in-person event that they had done since the start of the pandemic. And um, I think that really speaks to the power of Whatcom Reads and what it means to our community. And we are so grateful to not only to all the people who planned the events and made them happen and our partners, but to all of you readers out there who joined us at the events, thank you. Um, Michael Christie was I heard this from so many people, um, warm and welcoming and insightful and funny. Um, it's, it's really felt like just the perfect book Greenwood and the perfect author for this return to live walk and reads programs. Yeah. And he was such a generous person. Uh, Yeah. You know, just, he never said no. So when we asked if, if he'd let me interview him for our podcast, in the middle of all his other speaking engagements, his five other speaking engagements, he didn't hesitate. He just said, sure. I yeah. mean, you're the one who asked him. I made you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I'll have to post. I took some pictures following along behind you, you know, through oh, yeah. the Mount Baker Theater as you guys are headed back for, for this interview that I know you're going to play as part of this um, as part of this podcast. Hey, I just want to say one thing, because I this quote keeps coming back to me. I, I've been looking back at photos that we took from the Whatcom Reads events. And again, like I said, a lot of people, it was their first time at a at a program and just the energy and happiness and spirit that was at these events it made me think of this quote from Ann Patchett that some of people listening to this are going to say, oh, there she goes again with this quote. But I just love I, first I love Ann Patchett. But this quote, which she wrote at the start of the pandemic, I kept thinking about it during the Walk and Reads events. I'm going to quickly read it. It says it turns out the community of readers and books is the community we needed in the good old days. And it's the community we need in hard times. And it's the community will want to be there when this whole thing is over. And I'm not saying the pandemic is over. I know we're entering into a another phase here, but it sure felt like we were coming back together again and we were gathering for something we all love and believe in and for, you know, books and reading that that gave us hope and, and community during a, a time of uncertainty. So thank you, Ann Patchett, for a quote that has stuck with me throughout these past two years. Community of readers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's us, right? That's, that's us. It's everybody who's listening to this podcast. Yeah, well, yeah, you're all part of our community and, and, and or you're welcome to join us. Oh, yeah. 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 No, no entry fee. <laughs> yeah. So I, I did want to say this. I did get to interview Michael and it was, it was a lot of fun. I met him at the stage door. Mm-hmm. You were like a reporter on the beat. I will say that you had your your little reporter's cap on. Um, I know it's not really a reporter's <laughs> cap, but you you know you look like a you look like a vintage beat reporter. You know you were out there to cover the the yeah. you know, author beat, the Walk and Reads beat, and there you were with your mic in hand. And um, like I said, those photos I have of you, um, I'm trailing behind you guys as you head back to the green room, and it just really did feel like a you know a moment for sure. It, 
it definitely was it was a moment for me and it was great we went to the green room which of course i had to make a comment on greenwood and green room (laughs) that was that was i'm sure he cracked up laughing well you know it set the stage and it gave him something to you know he knew what to expect from me after that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and we didn't really talk about his book because i figured he'd been talking about it and i continue to talk about it so i asked him how he how he liked bellingham Mm -hmm. you know because that's what i really wanted to know i read the book (laughs) no he did he you know he was great talking about the book and the writing process but for me I wanted to give him a break from that for a little yeah. bit. Nice. Yeah. And he loves Bellingham. He's come down here quite often um, to skate. And when he yeah. told me that first, I was like, oh yeah, we didn't have a skate park. Says the person who never really rode a skateboard. He's like, yeah, no, I don't need a park. Like <laughs> we're, just, <laughs> we're just, you know, <laughs> riding the streets of Bellingham. So we've got the parkade. Yeah. Parkade and, you know, all kinds of places, you know, when I stopped and thought about it, I was like, well, of course. So yeah. Yeah. Also on today's show, I interview Emma Radosevich, um, who interviewed Michael at Deming. And I interview our resident deep thinker, Amy Jones. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> laughing. That's true. That is true. I'm so glad Amy's going to be a recurring role for Amy. That's going to be great. She just has insight into things. It's just fascinating to chat with her about anything. Yes, absolutely. And she attended the Mount Baker Theater event. So yeah. All in all, we'll get with with Michael Christie and Emma and Amy, we'll get a real well-rounded closure to this year's Whatcom Reads experience. And we start talking about uh, next year's book, uh, Jess Walters, The Cold Millions, which I'm a big fan of, as you'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. I love his work. And um, I joined an event that Village Books did on Monday night, an online author event. Jess Walter interviewed Karen Joy Fowler about her new book, Booth. And as part of that, Paul Hanson with Village Books announced that, you know, Jess and the Cold Millions was the 2023 Whatcom Reads selection. And Karen congratulated him. And it was kind of this love fest for, you know, Whatcom Reads. And so, yeah, we're off and and excited, um, you know, to, to talk about the Cold Millions. But not quite ready to leave Greenwood and Michael Christie behind. <laughs> um, it was such a joyful experience. And um, I hope that people will go to walkandreads.org forward slash videos to see the recordings that we do have from, from different events. And I believe you're also going to post, um, as we bridge between 2022 and 2023, you're also going to post a video a really great video of Jess Walter kind of doing this tour of Spokane and talking about the cold million. So, yeah, yeah. you know, you can have a little bit of, um, you know, still linger in the love of Greenwood um, by looking at those videos and mm-hmm. then um, check out a bit from Jess Walter. I also want to say that um, I'm reading if I fall, if I die, which is um, uh, Michael Christie's uh, it was his first novel. Um, okay. And it is so good. And speaks it speaks so much to who he is as a person and also it's interesting of course just to see his progression as a writer uh so if you uh you know want to see more from michael christie i encourage you to check out his backlist and you can find those at the library beggar's garden if i fall if i die and um of course greenwood um and the anthology the Wacom Wright's anthology, which he has a piece in as well. You can find them at the library. And then also Village Books has some signed copies or did. I don't know if they still have copies, but definitely um, check that out as well. So 
Great. Yeah. So, so let's just kind of sit back and let this, these last moments of Whatcom Reads 2022 kind of wash over us here. Yeah, I can't wait. And um, thanks again for everybody who joined us. And thank you, Michael Christie, for being just such a really wonderful Whatcom Reads author. It was a real pleasure. Yeah. And yeah. And you're welcome back in Bellingham anytime. Absolutely. I'm here with Emma Radosevich, and Emma interviewed Michael Christie at the Deming Library on, this was last Thursday? Yeah, it was last Thursday. It was our, our first event of the Whatcom Read weekend. The first live event of Whatcom Reads in two years. Um, so how did that go, Emma? It, w- it went super well. Um, it's a little weird since I'm a collection librarian. I don't really do a lot of programming. I did in my last job, um, but it was like the first live program at WCLS post-pandemic, but also like my first live event at WCLS, which is kind of funny. So there was a crowd of about 25 people watching and, and it was you and Michael sitting uh-huh. at the table and you hadn't talked to Michael before you you came to Deming. Is that right? No, we didn't. We didn't email or exchange phone numbers or anything before that. Um, (laughs) But I got there a little early that day. So so we were able to like just chat a little bit before we started our interview. I think that was helpful. What did you chat about? Um, So he's from Thunder Bay, Ontario, and Mm -hmm. I'm from Wisconsin. So, you know, we've we've like crossed paths in that sort of upper Midwest area a little bit, you know, talking about Boundary Waters and you know, places like that. Um, I've got family up in Duluth with Duluth, Minnesota. That's nice. It's pretty so, close to Thunder Bay. Yeah. So we're both kind of like Pacific Northwest transplants. Yeah. So did you guys agree on how awesome the Pacific Northwest is? Yeah, we both love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's great. So, and then interviewing him, you had read the book, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, how, what, how did you... How did you form your interview? I mean, what, what, what did you decide? Why, Uh you know, the question I'm trying to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I I found out that I was going to interview Michael actually before I read the book, I kind of been holding off on reading the book for a while. Cause I know that if I read the what can raise book immediately, like now, you know, I'm going to forget it in time for next year. Um, So I held off on reading the book and when I started reading the book, I knew that I was going to interview him. So I kind of had, you know, my ears open. I was listening to it on audio for discussion questions as I was, as I was reading it, I was trying to think of like, what parts of this as I'm reading it, do I find interesting? And do I want to know more about? So I think that was helpful to, you know, to be able to jot some notes down as I was reading it with the interview in mind. I can see that being helpful. Did that, did that, uh, hurt, hurt the experience of reading the book though? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think there's ever like one ideal way to read a book. I mean, I know some people will, you know, read the book first for pleasure and then for the interview. And then again, um, that seems like a lot of reading for me. So I'd rather just, you know, re- read it once and it's just its own unique experience. That's great. That's great. Yeah. So, so, um, did anything surprise you about Michael or about things that he said? 
I mean, yeah, I do always think it's it's fun. You know, we got in that interview to find out that, like, I think it was his great-grandfather was a foundling. And, like, that's just an incredible bit of inspiration for the book that, you know, I had no idea reading it, you know, because it was very unique. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting that, you know, I also appreciated the story of when he cut down the tree yeah. and saw the rings and that mm-hmm. was that brought his book into focus. Yeah. It was something that if I, if I had known that when I was reading the book, I would have, it might've made a difference. Uh huh. I kind of struggled with the book. Oh, with the structure, with the structure of it. And that, that would have helped me. Um, just knowing that it starts from that outside ring of the tree, which would be the most, futurist Mm -hmm. the most the the most in the future of the stories and worked its way in and then back out again i definitely think i started to enjoy the book more once i figured out the structure uh, like i think i started my interview with that 1908 bit of the story you know when you're like in the middle and then you're like oh it's like a you know i don't know it's like a tree ring and then you start going back out and like that's that's a fun moment like when you kind of crack the code of the book structure I'm not that good. And you know what to expect. I didn't crack it over. Oh. <laughs> I had to have it. I'm, I'm pretty dense sometimes, like a tree. <laughs> the heartwood, per the se. The heartwood. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I just, I didn't want to take up too much of your time, but but since you were the first person to interview Michael, and did you go to any of the other events? No, I didn't. And uh, someone else asked me this question too. But from my perspective, it's like, well, I already got to ask him all the things that I wanted to know. You did. And to be honest, you know, the stories that he told you, many of them were stories that he told in the other uh, venues as well. Oh, well, that's so good. I always, I always worry like, ah, if you don't go to this event, are you going to miss out on this like one special anecdote? But it's good to know that he like... He gave everyone the same interesting stories. Yeah, he much of them. I think you had yeah. some you had some unique perspectives, and I wish I had recorded your interview. Uh, yeah, That's next the, time. Next time we we were trying to set it up originally as a Facebook Live event, and that mm, just mm-hmm. at the last minute didn't pan out. So, well, video is so much harder. It is, but boy, to have those histories, you know, to have those recordings for. Mm-hmm for the future. So what, how do you feel about next year's uh, author? You know, I don't, I don't know much about Jess Walter. Well, Um, that's because you're a Northwest transplant. That's exactly why. Yeah. (laughs) He has a big haven't. Okay. Yeah. I haven't read any of his other books. Um, I I think you'll enjoy them. Um, Have you you read this one? I have read this one. um, And it's, it's great. It's, it's a lot of Northwest history okay. combined with, you know, an, a great narrative story. Um, but his previous books, he had r- written Beautiful Ruins, which mm-hmm. takes place in uh, Italy in uh, during the time that Elizabeth Taylor was filming Cleopatra there. Okay, that sounds it's, fun. It's a Most of his books seem to revolve around Spokane, and this one is just, uh, you know, out in the wild just out of out of the blue and he does it beautifully i didn't think i would enjoy that book and i loved it okay 
and then and then he has other other i i would encourage you to write to read all of his works <laughs> um he's just i just really enjoy his writing and i don't say that lightly i don't say that for a lot of writers mm-hmm. but anyway um yeah, yeah. i'm excited i yeah. it's I read that there's like a, a live performing mountain lion and a vaudeville show. And that seems like a very, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, kind of, kind of out there part of Pacific Northwest history. A little bit whimsical and yeah. a little bit, you know, um, you know, and the, the history doesn't overshadow the, the story, which is really uh-huh. of, of two brothers, which um, is just, you know, it's, he's just, he writes with heart and you can tell that. And I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Show yeah, up. historical fiction is not always my go-to genre, but when I read it, especially if it's about, you know, a place where I currently live, yeah. I feel like I get a lot out of it. And I, I always find myself pulling up maps and Wikipedia as I'm as I'm reading. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I think you're really gonna enjoy this one. Well, I wanna, you know, I'll I, I want I don't want to take up too much of your time, as I said, so I'm gonna let you go. I'm not gonna force you to give me a bunch of reading recommendations oh. <laughs> unless you have one off the top of your head oh i'm trying to think no i'm just reading, reading a bunch of weird depressing books right now and trying to finish something to review for bellingham alive uh, so right. we'll see we'll see what those will be yeah we'll look forward to your <laughs> reviews it's always great to talk to you and it's always great to hear you talking about books yeah thanks neil Well, I'm standing outside of the Mount Baker Theater in the back at the stage door entrance. Like the stage door Johnny that I am, I'm standing by that big rock if you've ever driven behind or walked behind the Mount Baker Theater. The big sandstone rock that has been here forever. And I'm waiting for uh, Ann McAllen to bring Michael Christie for his presentation tonight at the Mount Baker Theater. Uh, it's it's the culmination of Whatcom Reads, the 2022 season, and he'll be talking about his book, Greenwood, which we've all been reading this, this season, diligently reading this great book about family, about nature, about history. It's really a, a, an amazing book. It contains multitudes. So I'm waiting for them to show up, and we're going to go back into the green room and I'm going to hope to get a little bit of an interview with him before he prepares for going out and talking to the, to the audience. Already this week, Michael has been at the Deming Library giving a presentation. He's been out to Bellwood Farms, where he took part in the Chuckanut Radio Hour. And this morning, he was out at Western Washington University talking to students and others about the art and craft of writing. He went to the uh, Allied Arts Gallery to look at art that was that our community members have created using his book as inspiration. They'll be showing up any second. I'm standing in the alley right now. It's been it's been an exciting uh, week for us, and hopefully, it's been a fun week for Michael Christie. We'll find out about that. He's all dressed up. I was trying to think of Chewbacca, but I was like, you know Neil, he looks like 
<laughs> you know me. That's not sad. No, that is nice. That's your other Oh, name. great. Yeah. Thank you. That's wonderful. We want to make sure you go. So, um, he'll be in good hands. I have no doubt. All you guys. And then Paul and Kelly might take him back there or whatever. Yeah. I don't know if you like Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Anne. Thank you. Yep. Have a rest well. I will. Yes. Anything else? No, We're good? So. We're good. Good. I was here. I was I out here the whole movie. time. I did a whole, yeah, that would be. But this is the imagination. The theater of the mind, as they call the radio. <laughs> He's the podcast guy. Uh, right. Yeah. 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 So I'm really just going to follow you for a minute and then maybe when you feel comfortable talking talk to you for a few couple of minutes a few minutes absolutely yeah I'm and just kick me out when you're like but sure. i just i just look for opportunities to you know to make sure. make radio okay i love it all right have I a great radio. experience you guys i'll hear about it okay yeah that's what you yeah. said yeah no drive safe i will yeah okay. i will good night Nice. Bye, Ann. Hey. Yeah. All right. We Annette yesterday. So. Yes, I did. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Hi, Hi, Annette. Great to see you. Okay. Yep. Um, wonderful. Are you going, staying? What are you I'll doing? I'll go in with you. I, I want to make sure that I want you guys to get them situated, but I want to make sure you have the book announcement part of your script. Right. Okay. Do I, I don't even know yet. Okay, it's let's, a secret so to me. Go in and I added something to for the walk and write prompt, it's so I'm glad you have a little bit Excellent. Oh, good. Okay. And I'm going to go down to the green room. Sounds good. Hi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. No worries. That's the yeah, stage. There it is. Beautiful. All oh, the way down. Great. This way. I'm going to lead you. You know, this theater's haunted, too. Great. Yes. Even better. As they all are, I suppose. <laughs> Most of them. The good ones. <laughs> the good ones. Yeah. I like your tie, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. I actually wore it in honor of, oh. of Greenwood. Thank you. Here's our green room. It's actually green. How apropos. <laughs> <laughs> and there's some water and okay. snacks. And um, Anne left a sandwich for you because Great. she didn't know if you'd oh. eaten. That's very cool. And we can turn on the tea if you would like some tea. Okay. Great. I am going to go... See if I can find the MC. Do you want, do you want me to show them the dressing room area, or sure, or do you want to, or do you? Well, yeah, I'd love of, to. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Dressing room, private. Sure. Yeah. Do you want to talk in there? Sure. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we can talk in the green room. I think the green room's got class. <laughs> okay. This room, which is the the principal dressing room, which you are Ooh, welcome to use as well. I'm and the principal. Yeah. There is a restroom and a couch. Great. And I'm here. Okay. So you guys can sit in here if you want to, or you can sit in the green room. Whatever you feel like. Are you? Is this a good time right now? Are you this feeling perfect. comfortable? Yeah, okay. This is perfect. Yeah. Okay. To do it earlier, and then just give me like ten minutes before I go on. So. Well, let's yeah. sit in the green room if you don't okay. mind. Okay. Just no, no, because. No. Yeah. We have about twenty minutes until the mic. Okay. Oh, okay. I won't. I won't take your whole no. twenty minutes. What I wanted to talk to you about yeah. because. Um, you know, everyone's been talking to you about your book, you know, and and I didn't want to do that. Not that I haven't read it. I did read it. It was great. Appreciate it. I'm going to read it again. I'm going to listen to the audio this time because it's huge. The book. The, the book. Yes, it I'm, is. I'm a yes. slow reader. Okay. I'm acknowledging this on air. <laughs> I'm a slow reader, so it took me a long time okay. to get through it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. The paparazzi over well, thanks here. For, thanks for running that marathon. Well, it was worth it. It was, okay. it was really worth it. Good. Um, but what I want to ask you about is, mm -hmm. how's it been hanging out in Bellingham? It's been great for two reasons. One, it's been great to hang out anywhere that isn't my house. Uh, Post-pandemic, it's been, this is the first uh, tour of this kind that I've done since. And it's been just so fun to connect with readers and folks like yourself. Um, but in addition to that, uh, Bellingham is just such a great community. And I've really got a chance to soak it up. I'm, I've tasted food that's been inspired by my book. I have yeah. looked at art that has been <laughs> created and is inspired by my book. And so it's just been a really kind of comfortable uh, place for me to be, very similar to where I live and the community aspect is, is also very similar. So it's been amazing. So what have you done in Bellingham? So, yeah, I know that you, you know, because of your your presentations mm -hmm. you've been to Deming yes which is like the logging capital of I don't know at, at least of Whatcom County yes maybe of of the Pacific Northwest it and it showed in the library there were these great timber frame trusses inside the library yes. that I was the, the yeah, community loving. built that library Amazing. literally I love it yeah. I love um, it yeah so it was a great place to read so that was really nice yeah and 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 you had a, a meal at Evolve which is upstairs um in, in the village books correct bookstore yes so that that was fun that's Fairhaven that area of town, okay okay which is used to be its own town in the early you know early 1900s okay you know there's every every area every area the railroad goes through has history right right and yeah. then there was an amalgamation of there some was kind? an amalgamation okay. of actually three towns uh Fairhaven Seaholm and Bellingham okay and, you know anyway. how did how did Bellingham win the name <laughs> Good question. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to look it up. Okay, and pretend that I, I would gave appreciate. You the it. Was it the biggest? Is that the maybe? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, I think it was the most central. Okay, so interesting. So so the town of Bellingham that you're in right now because mm -hmm. you're staying at the the Hotel Leo. Correct. Used to be the Leopold. Yes. Um, and it's that's a historic hotel, of course. It seems uh, that way. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. it's yeah, it's been around a long time. I should have done my research. I say that at least once per podcast <laughs> episode. I should have done my research. But um, the town, you know, they give walking history tours here. Yes. And, yep. and one of the things that I've always, that's always stuck with me, and I, I would keep in mind if you're walking around an old town, a, you know, turn of the 19th, 20th century type town or yep. earlier, any what they told me in the walking tour was any uh, building that had a second floor mm -hmm. was a bordello. Was Interesting. A, yeah. Okay. Wow. Which made sense. Why yep. build a second floor? Right. Unless you're going to make some money. Out right. Of it. I get it. Yeah. No, and the same is true of Gastown in uh, Vancouver, which yeah. is a similar uh, yeah. skid row, they call it, oh, yeah. uh, where the logs were skidded yeah. in and... Uh, yeah, similar uh, community, I'm sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's these logging communities that, yeah. you know, people are, there's money to be made. Yeah, a lot of guys with a lot, a lot of money. Of single man <laughs> looking for something to do. Yeah, not yeah. my kind of place, but okay. But again, we digress. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so you did that. You, 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 you're you staying at the Leo. Yep. 
How's the how's the heat there? I heard the radiator is a little noisy. I it was until I went onto a into a deep dive into the remote control and uh, figured out that there's actually a panel you pull back and then you have access to the real control of this machine that oh. that froze me on the first night, but I mastered it and now I am perfectly comfortable. Handy travel tips from <laughs> Michael Christie. Peel back the panel and all will be revealed all right. at the Hotel Leo. Um so, and Hotel Leo, you know, there's so many things right around there. Yes. Did you get a chance to go to uh, any of the any of the coffee shops or the buildings or? Just the Evolve coffee shop Evolve, okay. in the Leo. And then I just kind of took a walk down a meandering stroll mm -hmm. around the, the wharf. And Always uh, fun. Did yeah. you, you went down to Wayfair Park where the, I did, yeah. where the huge spaceship like structures are correct i didn't know what they were but uh yeah yeah Here, I did. here's what they are okay they're well the one big one is the acid ball okay and this is this might find you might find this interesting this that park was built on the former site of the georgia pacific pulp mill interesting so for years up until you know i moved here in 79 and yep. georgia pacific was still running well into the 90s okay maybe? yep um and when they finally shut down, of course, there's a lot of, of uh, kind of toxic yes, stuff like in the tailings ground. and stuff. So, yeah. yeah, so yeah. it took years to to build it, cover it up, build right. it to a place where they could turn it into a park. Gotcha. And now it's a, a pump trap. Yes. Yeah. Which, which is fabulous. Yeah. 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 And it seems to be they're developing it further. But I'm learning about the Bellingham, which is what I love. And you should, you know consider coming back i course. absolutely will yeah. one of the things yeah. i wanted to ask you was mm -hmm. so you mentioned that your wife is yeah. a writer yes and so of course being the one piece of research that i did do was mm -hmm. i looked her up and yeah. i i found one of her short stories that was just awesome just very um you you know not that she was necessarily a disciple of raymond carver but certainly that that taste that feeling yes there yeah no she's a huge admirer oh yeah oh, yeah no we've 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 taken the ferry from victoria to port angeles to kind really? of drive around yeah oh yeah no uh -huh. we're we both love him very very much yeah, and yeah fun. and those kind of simmering domestic tensions yes, yes. where it's just normalized and yeah. but it's wrong but it's like the the character is like I know this is crazy. I'm still <laughs> plowing through. Yeah. I love that about her story. Yes. Yeah. And she is very good at conjuring that kind of feeling in her work. And yeah. So yeah, no, the influence is certainly there. You're right to point so, it out. And her, her name is Cedar. Cedar Bowers. Bowers. Correct. Which of course, Bowers is also a, yes. a, a woodsy term. It is a word. Yeah. It's a word for branch, I think. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, I'm all in on this tree thing. I don't know. It's, yeah. How did that even happen? I don't know. Maybe that was what made you decide to <laughs> write the book. All of this cedar, 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 this, cedar, that. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, I look forward to I, I placed her book on hold at the library. Great. Great. And I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah. It's also very B.C. Pacific Northwest influenced as well. So I'm great. sure it might be a contender for a Whatcom Reads. I that would be I'm going to if I'm going to suggest it after I read it. That would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't want to take up a lot more of your time, but I do think that, you know, you would do yourself a favor and you would do your wife a favor and yeah. your kids. 
the cut how old are your kids eight and twelve eight and twelve yes okay. yeah yeah anyway you should you know consider coming down for a vacation i will no i'm certainly I, we've been here before we've been to village books we've been oh, yeah. to the food co-op oh, yeah, uh close, we've done yeah. a bit of hiking in the area but being so close i mean it's uh yeah it's a no-brainer to come down here yeah. and especially once the border returns to right some sense of normalcy we'll uh yeah. we'll make a point once to it's, once it's easier yeah and well-known fact about bellingham is that we have dozens literally dozens of breweries okay so i don't know all right i'm sold you had mentioned yeah here. no i'm i i live two miles from downtown mm -hmm. and i have to walk past eight nine ten Jeez, breweries on is... my way in the neighborhood before that i even is... get downtown that's that's unfair it's unfair. and wonderful hard to you know because you have to stop at some of them yeah. anyway <laughs> I'm, I'm just really enjoying talking to you, but I know Me too, you've got to prepare for this. This I, is the big night. Yes, this is the culmination. Yeah. Of the, are you are you going to sing tonight? Because I'm just going to say that most of our <laughs> most of our our authors have sung a song beautifully. For sure. Yeah, just gorgeous, yeah. gorgeously. Yeah. I I may I okay. may I'm going to see how it goes, and if you know it's going to be kind of like a, a musical, I'll just sort of break out into okay. song, bit of dance. You need a backup singer. Okay. I'm right there. Okay. <clears throat> All right. If I do this, wave do my hand. Okay. Yeah. If you do anything that might look like that, like this, <laughs> just come I'm, running. I'll be there. I'll come be on running. stage with you. Just start dancing. I'm so desperate for attention. <laughs> all right no okay. but, but seriously you're gonna this is gonna be a great night and you're gonna have a, an audience that just so appreciate i mean they're all here just to see you that is you terrifying to, and wonderful oh it's, it's wonderful <laughs> you don't have to sell anything they're just that is good they've come to see you well except for the ones who've come to hear what next year's book right is. yes yeah and you're the one who's going to announce that i'm very excited to do so yeah. yes and, but you don't know it yet you do know it I do not know it you yet. You don't no, know it yet. No, no, okay. no, no. I'm still uh, unaware. What if it was? What if it was Cedar's book? What if it was your wife's <laughs> I book? I think people wouldn't believe me. They'd think I've, uh, I. Know, you're <laughs> right. You could just. Nobody I could knows. Them. You could just say. Yeah. I. I would not. I would not do that. Okay. Yeah. All right. um, but uh, I respect the process. I respect the jury. It, yeah. You know. But it's a very serious jury. It's they an take institution. Their job seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go okay, because Neil. you got things to do. I'm sure you have your vocal practices. Yeah, I do, and my dance practice. And the dance practice, mm -hmm. yes. But mm -hmm. just, I'm, I'll be looking for you to to wave me on stage. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm here. <laughs> I'm here with Amy Jones, graphic designer for the Whatcom County Library System. Hi, Amy. Hi, Neil. Amy, as we wrap up the 2022 Whatcom Read season, well, we have wrapped up the 2022 Whatcom Read season, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this season. So you attended the the author presentation uh, live at the Mount Baker Theater, right? I did. Yes. Um... Mary Kinzer and I went together and um, it's been, it was, I've, I've been pretty conservative during the pandemic and haven't gone out and done many things. And this was 
felt like a really big first step, you know, um, we, we went to the theater and everything was very, uh, every precaution was taken, but it still felt a little bit nervous, but, you know, honestly, once I got in there, it, it turned into something just magical. I feel like, um, because I haven't done many things, I just felt like I was out in the world in a new way. I was seeing things in a new way. I got to see, you know, some old friends, some coworkers who retired, you know, during the pandemic. And I haven't seen since then, even the Mount Baker theater, I've been in it a number of times. And for the first time I was noticing things like how intricately detailed the ceilings are. And it was just, it was sort of like, it was brand new eyes out in the world. And, um, so that, that element of it was, was really special feeling. And I appreciated that Michael Christie, when he was first beginning his talk and thanking, you know, all the institutions and individuals who had made Whatcom Reads happen, he took the time to thank all of us for, for braving this weird time and coming out to listen to him. And so I think that really set the tone for the whole evening of, um, I think it acknowledged the, the strangeness of the moment, I guess, the, the fact that we were all out in a, in a group of people inside. And, um, but at the same time, it felt really special. And I think connected in a way that I haven't felt during a lot of the pandemic. Yeah. Wow. And he, um, Michael Christie, the author of Greenwood, of course, um, he had done four other, no, three other presentations. This was his fourth presentation mm -hmm. in two days. Wow. Um, how did he do? Do you, do you think he felt, did, did he seem tired and, and, just reciting the same old stuff? No, no, not at all. He was, um, he was just so engaging and warm and friendly. I feel like, um, he didn't, he didn't have any pretension of, um, what I can imagine might go along with being a really celebrated author and being, as I found out that night, uh, a former skateboard star. So, um, you know, despite all of these ways that he's been um, really celebrated and in the public eye, it felt just like a friend up there talking. And um, it, you know, he read to us as part of the presentation. And I just dropped right back into feeling like a little kid, like being in the dark theater and listening as a story is being told and just how it felt to like laugh along with other people in the dark theater or like, um, you know, he, he talked a lot about his writing process, which I was fascinated by. And, and, um, it actually made me disappointed that I hadn't gone to see more of the events while he was here because I wanted to peek behind the curtain even more, you know, I mean, he, something that has really stood out to me is he talked about, um, how for him, his writing process is always really driven by the characters and that they just sort of like show up in his mind and they're doing things and he's just trying to get it all down. And he talked about how he wrote um, a scene where one of the main characters is released from prison. And he, he wrote 
that whole scene and it's a pretty deep scene before he even knew why that character was in prison in the first place. And I was just, you know, mind blown being like, wait, 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 wait. I want to hear more about that. So, um, no, I found him incredibly engaging and friendly. And also I was, um, I was left wanting more. I wanted to hear more about the writing process and more about, you know, how he sees the world and what this book means to him. Cause I think it was, um, not just a, creative or academic venture. He talked a little bit about what he personally went through during that time um, of, you know, losing both his parents and his having two small children. And um, knowing that after the fact, I think was really interesting too. It, it shed more light on um, Greenwood and how, how real it felt. And I realized now it, he was living a lot of, that in real time yeah when he said and he had said this before at one of the earlier events uh, Deming I think that um that during the writing of his book he had lost both his parents and he had two children and when I first heard that I thought oh I had two so I have two children too mm-hmm. you know and so I kind of tried to put myself in his shoes but that's not what he was saying he was saying that he and his wife had children born during the time of his writing this book, this five-year process. And that's pretty mind-blowing to to have this five-year project and in the middle of it, life goes on and mm-hmm. you lose people and you gain people yeah. and your entire life, you know, I know what the process for having a firstborn is. It <laughs> shakes up your entire life. You have no idea what you're doing. Right. And a second born, you know, is just as wonderful, except that, you know, that you're not going to break the kid or accidentally <laughs> leave them in the shopping cart at the grocery store. <laughs> it does. That's the worry with the first kid is, right. oh, did I forget? Did we have a child? Somewhere? <laughs> I've misplaced it somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, that, you know, as a, as a, you know, I think a lot of us, I think especially in Whatcom County, there's a lot of people who are either working on writing or they're frustrated writers. And I'm somewhere in between there. Um, And it's like to 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 get that validation that life goes on Mm. and it's up to you to just keep pushing this book through. Yeah. um, Gives you a little hope if you're if you're trying to be a writer. Yeah. You know, you just got to keep going. Yeah. I thought thought it was interesting, too, when he talked about his little um, writing cabin that he has on his property. He said it was like a little 10 by 10 foot space and how um, as this novel was developing, how he had to sort of map it out like sort of a... um, headquarters of like a a war movement or a um, detective trying to solve a serial killer crime or something, you know, like he had all these things up on the walls and strings between them all. And, you know, I'm not a writer. I, I um, have been in the graphic design world for most of my adult life. And so I've never, I, I don't know. I'd never really considered the writing process. I guess I just was like, don't you just like get an idea for a book 
and then write it in a linear way. And that doesn't sound at all like what Michael Christie uh, experienced, at least with Greenwood. And so um, as much as I loved getting you know, to hear him read parts of the book and, and part of the essay that he wrote for the Whatcom Writes anthology, him talking about the, the writing process and his creative process was for me the really special part of the Mount Baker event, just because it, I loved the book already and now I love it even more realizing how complicated it must have been to write it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think that's what brings a lot of people out to these events. Um, mm -hmm. The questions that come up at the end, he usually, you know, the, our authors usually do a Q&A at the end of their presentations. The questions are are the vast majority are about the writing process. Yeah. I mean, and so it makes me feel like this whole county is full of you know, people who are, are in their, in their 10 by 10 sheds trying to put together their novels and yeah. looking for hope and inspiration. I hope that's true. Well, and I think that's an interesting way to look at Whatcom Reads, right? Because other than the, the Whatcom Writes anthology, which is a, like a spinoff of the main Whatcom Reads programming, as someone who doesn't identify as a writer, I... I saw it as a much more um, uh, sort of passive participation, right? I'm just going to read this book and then I'm going to sit back and you're going to talk to me about the book. And realizing that it is just as much for people engaged in the writing process, that this isn't just about reading a book and talking about that particular plot line or group of characters, but that it it really evokes and dives into what does it mean to be a writer? What is your process like? How are the processes the same or different? And I think mm -hmm. that that's not a part of this annual program that maybe is apparent on the surface. I think you have to really be involved in it before that starts to reveal itself. Yeah. Well, and I, well, I think that, you know, it revealed itself to all the, all the Whatcom County writers, uh -huh. you know, they're, they're coming because they want to know, you know, you're in the graphic design business. Uh, uh -huh. And if I go see someone talking about graphic design, I'm not necessarily going to be as interested as you are in the, right. in the graphic design process in like, uh -huh. why did you choose uh, uh, Puce? <laughs> I'm not even sure what color puce is. Is it some sort you of green? Major props for pulling out puce, though. I mean, that's amazing. <laughs> the other thing that Michael Christie did uh, was he announced the 2023 Whatcom Reads selection, The Cold Millions by Jess Walter. How do you feel about that? Are you familiar with Jess Walter's writing? I am not actually. And I, um, so I, of course, after the event went straight onto, you know, Biblio comments and was like, Oh, what is this? Should I check it out now? Or should I wait? Cause I think that's always part of the, um, the challenging thing about Whatcom Reads, right. Is, um, the, the book gets announced now, but the author won't be here until next year. And, um, two years ago when we had Essie, 
I read the book right away. And then by the time she came, I was sort of like, what happened again? You know, and this <laughs> year I didn't read Greenwood until right before Michael Christie came. And so it was much more vivid for me. But I I looked up The Cold Millions and I, I was immediately intrigued both by how, it, I mean, just the response in the theater when they announced what the book was, that there was like an excitement and even Michael Christie was mm-hmm. like, oh, I've read this. This is good. And um, But I saw some similarities in terms of like this sort of big sweeping story that um, goes across generations. And, you know, so I was already like, oh, I'm I'm kind of in this vibe from reading Greenwood. Maybe I should read this right away. And then I was like, nope, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until we're a little closer at least yeah. and see. But yeah. have you read it? I have. I read it when it first came out because I'm a, I'm a huge Jess Walter fan. You don't uh, even know. Uh, I do but, not. Um, yeah, tell me more. <laughs> well, so the first time I heard his name was, I don't know, five, six years ago, maybe, maybe longer. Um, he had come out with a book called The Financial Lives of the Poets, mm. and which is an intriguing title. Um, but uh, my partner, Mary Ellen's sister, who lives in West Seattle, followed a theater group called Book It, Book It Theater, where they take um, books and they create, they write a play based on the book and oh, then perform it. It's real. It's kind of a bare bones stage kind of thing. Uh, but it's very interesting. She invited us down um, to see this play and the play was so intriguing. I had to get the book and the book was, was great. It followed um, the main character was a middle-aged man who was going through some life crises, um, including this, balloon payment on his house that he didn't have any money for because he had left his job as a financial writer for a newspaper to start a website. This was, this was the timing of this was 1999 ish, just when the term dot bomb started making headlines. Yeah. And so he had, he had invested in this website um, that was going to offer financial advice in poetry form. (laughs) <laughs> the financial lives of the poets and and it was failing and he's get, got this balloon payment on his house rising on the horizon and he's got personal issues with his wife and he's like can't sleep and he gets up in the middle of the night and goes out to get milk because there's no milk in the fridge and he just goes out in his slippers to the 7-eleven i don't know that he, i don't think he called it the 7-eleven but the <laughs> convenience store and runs into a um, a criminal act going on. Mm. Uh, way too much because you should read it, but he ends up getting more involved in that than you would expect a you know middle aged man with his own problems to get involved yeah. with. And so from there, and it's one of those things where as a as a middle aged man. It's like there, but for the grace of God, go I. <laughs> right. Well, right. So, you know, maybe, maybe you won't get exactly out of it what I got out of it, but <laughs> you will, you will I enjoy do. it. I think. I think that's an interesting premise, though, right? Of like that idea of just you know shoveling out to the store in your slippers because you just need one quick thing, and then 
happening upon something. And I think none of us know how we're going to react or, you know, I think that's the kind of situation where we have ideas about who we are and how we're going to be. And that may or may not be true when it actually all (laughs) is real. You never know. know. Well, that was a good book talk, Neil. Now I'm interested. (laughs) So I got involved with that book and then he had come out with a book of short stories um, mm. kind of based on the underbelly of Spokane. And oh. and it's a good underbelly. It's a rich <laughs> underbelly. <laughs> and you can see that Jess Walter, he's a Spokane writer. You can see that he both loves Spokane and he looks at it with, uh, you know, without rose-colored glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, this is my place. And yeah. there's some bad parts about it, but it's mine. And that's kind of the feeling I get from Jess Walter. And of course, this new book is um, takes place in Spokane in 19, um, 1908, 1909, during some big happenings with with unions and and the Wobblies. And so there's some historical aspects. And then it's also Spokane. So yeah. it's, you know, it's just familiar. So it's a great, it's a great book. And he's, you know, he has a ton of other books. And if you get hooked, you have mm-hmm. a lot of reading to do to catch up to. Well, that's kind of fun too. Is. That's like, you could start now with his other books and work up mm-hmm. to The Cold Millions, you know, do that one I'd still, re- right? Before. Yeah. I'd recommend his book of short stories first. We live, we live in water. It's okay. called. And, you know, I mean, if you're a short stories person. Some people aren't, but you know, I always think I'm not, and then I end up enjoying it. It's the same for me with graphic novels because <laughs> I have such yeah. a hard oh, yeah. time. Um, yeah. I'm a voracious reader and a voracious artist, and so the two sides of myself compete in a graphic novel. I often have to read it twice, you know, once for the mm. storyline, and then once yeah. just to like geek out on the shading of the <laughs> side of someone's <laughs> face or whatever, and. Um, So, yeah, I think that's one of the beauties of the library, though, right, is um, you can you can experiment with all that stuff and be like, am I a reader of short stories? (laughs) You know, And it's part of what I love is the ability to, you know, I think I've dabbled in a lot more um, things I was uncertain of whether I would like or not because it was available to me through the library and there's no commitment, there's no expense. All right. I don't know. We wandered off into a, a, a different direction. We were really just going to talk about Mount Baker Theater and the new book for Whatcom Reads, but it's always fun to, to chat with you. You too, um, Neil. I'm hoping you're going to become a recurring segment on our show. I would so love to. This I, is always fun. That's great. Okay. Well, thank you, Amy, and we'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Well, that's our show. I want to thank our guests, Emma Radosevich and Amy Jones from the Whatcom County Library System, and a special thanks to Michael Christie, who certainly had no idea what he was getting into and may start rethinking his practice of saying yes to everything that comes along. And as always, a tip of the hat to my boss, Mary Vermillion, who is the duct tape that holds this show together. Her books won't lift anyone from their low station. They won't right wrongs or save wandering souls from perdition or fill grumbling stomachs, but they might let a few scraps of sunlight fall into some lean, desolate lives, and that's something. 
Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform or visit us at wcls.org slash podcast. This is Neil McKay for the Whatcom County Library System.